For banks and credit unions, the idea of undertaking a digital transformation can be daunting. Our podcast guest this week says it doesn't have to be. Jim Baxley, Executive Director, Global Market Strategy at Encino, will share his thoughts on how financial services providers can accelerate their big digital makeover by thinking small. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Digital transformation is all the rage in financial services these days. It's actually been something of a rage for years, but things have gone next level in response to the pandemic. Jim Baxley, Executive Director of Global Market Strategy at Encino, is our guest on this week's Banking Strategies podcast. He's here to talk about a let's get small approach to upgrading digital capabilities, something he calls microtransformation. Jim, appreciate you making time to be with us. Thanks, Terry. It's great to be here. So, Jim, financial services providers were already moving toward digital at a pretty good clip before the arrival of COVID last year. Pandemic sped things up from there. That's all generally accepted. Where there's less universal agreement is on the degree of COVID's lasting influence. So how are you looking at that question? And where do you see the pandemic's most lasting impacts on banking? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting thinking back almost perfectly to a year ago when things really started to, to shut down. Branches weren't open. Bankers couldn't meet with customers. That was a weird time. And it still is in a lot of markets. Boy, we didn't we think it was going to be temporary, right? You can imagine three months out, oh, we'll be fine, we'll be back. And it really wasn't. And if your bank was high on the personal touch, if you ran a really good relationship banking practice, it was difficult at first to figure out how you were going to cope. Amazon, Apple... Even Chick-fil-A had it figured out pretty early on how to change their distribution model and make things efficient. And we've seen a lot of changes where the digital experience mirrors and complements the personal experience. And the best banks of all sizes really know how to do this well. A great example is, is PPP, where applicants were able to move through those processes really quickly with the best banks that turned it into a fully digital experience where they couldn't meet with the bankers. And what we've seen really is that those experiences really had to feel like they were working with a banker in person, even though it was online, which to me really feels like digital still has to be very personal. So that first round of PPP was fairly early in the process, April 2020. And now we have a second PPP round. What lessons do you think banks and credit unions learned from that mad scramble last year that they were able to apply to the current round and perhaps more broadly to digitalizing their processes. Yeah, scramble is right. I mean, when we've talked to banks and I've worked in banks, everyone kind of gets really excited about digital trends, even if you consider time before the pandemic. Branch environments have constantly been changing. There were lots of people who predicted the death of brick and mortar and everything was going to be digital. There were new competitors. But honestly, banks really do struggle to get things done and execute change in a really timely manner. Those conversations... I mean, I remember some of them, they can turn into multi-year programs if you let them and perfect becomes the enemy of good, right? And that's ultimately not really good for the customer. So one of the ways I think that the PPP process really gave a lot of benefits to banks is that they suddenly realized, you know, 
if we get the right people in the room and we focus on the customer, we can actually make decisions really quickly. We can give credence to that old adage, never let a good crisis go to waste. We've talked to several institutions, small and large, who thought through the fact that if they had to make that decision quickly and be very agile, they realized that they could. And they pulled a lot of the process into a very hyper-focused environment and really made it fast and easy for the customer, ultimately, which that's what digital is supposed to all be about. They move quickly because they had to move quickly, right? And that's on COVID things in general. But moving deliberately, methodically, that's prevailed for decades, if not centuries, when it comes to bank decision-making. So is there a reason to think that the COVID response is anything more than a one-off because of the extreme disruption to operations? It'd be nice to think that banks would have turned the corner and everyone you know, suddenly got religion on, on how to move quickly. And honestly, there will be times when a methodical approach is appropriate. Big transformational change shouldn't be taken necessarily lightly. But banks really did realize that they were kind of getting in their own way when it came to making targeted changes. And the digital revolution is actually designed to be able to be taken in smaller chunks. That's a nice segue to our real conversation today, which is about what you call microtransformation. What do you mean by microtransformation, Jim? And why should this be something that interests financial services providers? Yeah, microtransformation is a bigger word than it may sound. We like to think of them as kind of small but mighty projects that still have measurable impact on an organization. Let me give you an example. So deposit account opening is a great microtransformation project. The ability to open an account quickly and digitally is a real competitive advantage right now. And bank deposit balances are up as a proof that the banks that have done this well really figured out that in a no-touch environment, there had to be an opportunity to serve small businesses as well as consumers with an offering that was targeted. So what goes into a microtransformation? I mean, what if you looked under the hood of a microtransformation would you say? Yeah, I love the looking under the hood analogy. I'm going to flip it a little bit, though, and say it's, it's actually look up into the clouds. You know, having worked in the industry for over 23 years now, I've seen on-premise and I've seen cloud. I got to say, I believe in the cloud and the ability to turn things on quickly, to scale up quickly, to let smarter people than you probably have in your institution worry about all of the infrastructure and the security. The other thing you'll see is that you've got to really choose your project carefully. There can be an effort that you start that gets a lot bigger than you intended. So you got to really kind of think through your process and make sure you're focused on the customer. And then the last thing I think you should really focus on is the ability to clearly measure results. Pick a project that you know you can demonstrate progress on quickly. So if a bank or credit union wanted to take the micro-transformation route, what would they need to do ahead of time to prepare for that? What kind of investment would they need to make perhaps? Or what kind of capabilities would they need? So it sounds simple, Terry, but honestly, knowing your strategy and knowing the bank's drivers and knowing the bank's market are really the first thing that you got to think about. Second is knowing your goal. If there is a specific target that you're trying to achieve, it's a lot easier to focus your efforts on that particular area that you're going to transform. Then finally, make that decision. As the best institutions did, like in PPP, they figured out, guys, we've just got to move. And so don't wait around for the perfect opportunity. Go ahead and get started. In an agile world, in a cloud-based world, it's really easy. And 
I'll actually use the word investment. I'll say that that's a little bit problematic because when you think about investment, you think about you know large costs or large resource commitments. The reality is that micro transformations are small in dollars and time, but the best ones are really mighty in their returns. When a bank or credit union transforms itself digitally, it typically doesn't do it all at once. It does it in individual stages or individual pieces, right? We're talking about micro transformation, but really, couldn't you look at a complete digital transformation as just a series of micro transformations that all eventually fit together? I'll say yes with an and. Um, it is daunting for banks to think about big multi-year programs. We just have seen it, that it's easier to select that one small piece that can rapidly scale to do bigger pieces down the road. The best banks think about the specific problem that they're trying to solve today, knowing that if they use that same thinking and the tool set, then they can leverage that for bigger projects later. One thing I will call out that whether it's a big transformation or a micro transformation, change management cannot be ignored, right? Setting the intention from the top down is really, really important and understanding the impacts, not just on the employees, but on the customer. A great way to learn about that and to practice what it will take is using one of these small projects to give a sense of confidence and the ability for the bank to try new things or take on a different kind of approach, give some young leaders an opportunity to show their stuff and to prove themselves. And obviously fast forward that to a pandemic world where frankly, a lot of institutions don't have a choice. They're having to move. They're getting chased by fintechs and startups and you know, even Square and Amazon looking to become banks. So it's important to take these opportunities and get started. What's the role of data and data analysis here? I'm thinking about data in deciding whether or not to go with a microtransformation. And if you do, deciding what part of the business to microtransform and using data in the transformation process itself. I would love to do another whole session on data and you know the ability to truly measure results. But one of the ways in which I've seen the best opportunity realized is in dashboards. You know, dashboards can show you what you need to care about and literally what moves the needle. It's easier, of course, if you start with a small part of your business because you can actually see it. And if you can see it, you can manage it. When you start to run your organization with real-time data and you can see your business in a whole new way, it gives everybody, and I'm talking about everybody from the C-suite looking at dashboards and, and asking key questions of the leadership down to the folks in the branches and in operations, you've got visibility into the process and, and what the customer is experiencing. We touched on this a bit in the previous question, but as you work with your clients, is there a place that commonly emerges as a microtransformation starting point within their processes or within their product sets or elsewhere? Yeah, I love to see banks expanding their reach through you know, digital account opening, getting deposits from out of geography, for example, expanding opportunity in existing markets. But another really cool place to start is lending programs that are focused on a particular small business group, doctors, farmers, veterinarians even. So one way I would suggest banks think about this is ask your bankers. Do they have a particular set of experiences that they want to be able to connect with borrowers in their markets? Build a practice around that. Build a, a particular microtransformation around that and segment where you see that growth opportunity using the data that you've got, the resources that you have, and then expanding on that. So, Jim, it's easy to see where the idea of microtransformation would make sense for a small bank, a small credit union that may recognize the need that they need to get more digital 
but only have limited resources to do it. But for a larger institution, one with more ability to plan strategically, more abundant resources, taking that micro approach, couldn't that be looked at as sort of a lack of commitment to a digital future? Yeah, I mean, not in my experience. I do see big banks sometimes with even more paralysis than smaller ones. Compliance and risk and marketing and technology teams. I mean, there's a lot of barriers that can come into play when trying to get something started. Larger institutions should think through how they got through PPP, for example, and really use that as an opportunity to refocus, spend a little R&D money and time on getting started on something that, frankly, they've probably been making too big of a deal in the past. Okay, so perhaps not lack of commitment, maybe more like a reversion to the mean, easing back into those old go-slow habits. So Jim Baxley, Executive Director of Global Market Strategy at Encino, thanks again for joining us on the Banking Strategies Podcast. You're very welcome, Terry. A few takeaways from our conversation with Encino's Jim Baxley. First, a big lesson that banks and credit unions learned during the COVID experience is that they can get things done quickly when they have to. Putting together PPP is one good example. Another is the speed with which they handled all of the issues around remote work. Microtransformations are relatively small, move-fast initiatives. And now that they know they have that ability for agility, financial firms have a new tool for change. So what are the steps for a microtransformation? The basics are a simple one, too. One, figure out what you're trying to achieve based on your strategy and other factors. And two, decide the best way to get it done. In reality, of course, things are a bit more complicated. Jim Baxley's advice is to pick your micro projects with care, to make sure they are truly micro, and he says, always stay focused on customer wants and needs. And finally, there's the measuring to determine whether the chosen project was worth the cost in terms of both dollars and disruptions. The answer can be found in data that's available in real time. Even small projects produce observable results, and creating a dashboard can concentrate attention on the data that matter most. That's what will generate the important insights into the impacts on customer experience. Thanks for listening to this week's BAI Banking Strategies podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. Please come back again next week when we'll have another conversation on a topic that's important to the financial services industry.